Hey everyone, welcome to the boot. That's right, it's the boot. We are recasting classic movie reboots, so Hollywood doesn't have to. This week, Kenna and I are going to try and handle the truth as we talk about the 1992 Aaron Sorkin drama, A Few Good Men, one of my favorite movies ever. Kenna, did you order the code red? No. <laughs> did you ever drink Mountain Dew code red? Like water. When I was... <laughs> Like 10 years old. Listen, let me tell you the truth. People ask me, because I don't drink coffee, people ask me how I got through college, and I'm like, do you know there's a thing <laughs> called Blue Mountain Dew? <laughs> like that part in Zombieland where he like goes to give her water, he's like, it's Code Red Mountain Dew. I was like, wow. There's a point in my life where now I don't think I could drink it without. Why am I talking so much about Mountain Dew Code Red? <laughs> Excuse me. I wanted to talk to you about Corporal Dawson and Private Downing. Those names sound like they should mean something to me. Dawson, Downey, your clients. The Cuba thing, yes. Yeah, so Dawson and Downey, right. I was just wondering why two guys have been locked up since this morning while their lawyer's outside hitting a ball. <laughs> we need to practice. That wasn't funny. It's was a little funny. Lieutenant, oh, would you be very insulted if I recommended to your supervisor that he assign different counsel? Why? Because I don't think you're fit to handle the defense. You don't even know me. Ordinarily, it takes someone hours to discover I'm not fit to handle a defense. <clears throat> oh, come on. That was damn funny. So if you're new to this podcast, welcome to The Boot. It's a reboot podcast where we take a movie, pick five characters, and reboot it as if the movie was to be remade today. I'm Brian Flynn. With me, as always, as my co-lead counsel on this episode, Kenneth Trent. And we're going to talk about A Few Good Men in a bit, but before that... We're going to talk about some real Hollywood reboot news that's happening in in real life, in real lives. James Wan producing a new adaptation of Stephen King's vampire novel, Salem's Lot. James Wan, director of Aquaman and... Saw, Saw and Dead Silence. One of the Fast and, and The Conjuring. Fast and Furious. Furious 7. 7. I'm a big Stephen King fan. However, admittedly, I have not seen Salem's Lot. I know one of the characters, I believe his name is Father Flanagan crosses over with the Dark Tower series. Oh. So they're kind of interconnected. But um, have you seen Salem's Lot? No, but I know that because the past couple of Stephen King adaptations that have happened, I've made it a point to read the book before Mm -hmm. the movie comes out. And so I just feel like I've been given a task. (laughs) You've been given homework. Um. I've never, yeah, I've never seen the movie. I have heard from people that it's terrifying. What would you give for this miserable boy? What do you want? The master wants you. Throw away your cross, face the master, your faith against his faith. Could you do that? Is your faith enough? I feel like mostly we just need to start a list of all of the movies that James Wan is like, maybe attached to <laughs> no need to report on any more james wan movie news because he is He's producing every remake hollywood took a vote they elected james wan as the president of hollywood yeah he is now moving forward with all projects all projects i'm always excited about stephen king work they don't always all pan out mm-hmm. but if it has any inclination of you know a trend same with Castle Rock. I think we all, we mm-hmm. all, everyone in this room at least yeah. enjoyed it. Um, that cemetery was good. It was different. Is that out? Yeah. Oh, you better believe I was there opening weekend. 
And you support you support your guy. Support your boy. You got if you you gotta show listen, guys, <laughs> we can't let this happen to Jason Clark. Guys, show up to his movies. He deserves better. And so this is great for him because he was a leading man. But I just think it's it's fun because Stephen King's stories are so iconic to just give them to new filmmakers because it's just fun to see how a new generation would do it, especially because the industry is putting a lot more behind horror as a genre. Mm-hmm. And honestly, the only thing I could think about the entire time I watched Avengers Endgame was how, honestly, if studios are willing to put out three hour long movies, I have to have a three hour cut of it. Chapter two. Oh, yeah. I have to have that in my life. Guys, if I have to sit there for three hours and watch sad Avengers I need three hours of James McAvoy as Bill Denbro. I need it. All right, guys. Well, uh, why don't we get into the remake of A Few Good Men and I guess somehow tackle, like, what would this movie look like in 2019? So you ready? Mm-hmm. Guys, this is a reboot of A Few Good Men. Santiago was a substandard Marine. He was being transferred. That's not what you said. You said he was being transferred because he was in grave danger. That's correct. You said he was in danger. I said grave danger. You said, is there any... I recall what I said. I can have the court reporter read back to you. I know what I said. I don't have to have it read back to me like I'm... Why the two orders? Colonel? Sometimes men take matters into their own hands. No, sir. You made it clear just a moment ago that your men never take matters in their own hands. Your men follow orders or people die. So Santiago shouldn't have been in any danger at all, should he have, Colonel? You snotty little bastard. If Lieutenant Kendrick gave an order that Santiago wasn't to be touched, then why did he have to be transferred? Lieutenant Kendrick ordered the code red, didn't he? Because that's what you told Lieutenant Kendrick to do. Object! And when it went bad, you cut these guys loose! Your Honor, you had Marcus inside a bony transfer! Your Honor, you doctored the logbook! Damn it, Captain! You coerced the doctor! Consider yourself in contempt! Colonel Jessup! Did you order the code red? You don't have to answer that question. I'll answer the question. You want answers? I think I'm entitled. You want answers? I want the truth! You can't handle the truth! Oh, my God. Oh, it's going to take everything in me to not quote this entire movie to you. But I kind of want to talk about Tom Cruise, weirdly, up top. Because... Because his skin is flawless in this movie. Isn't it? (laughs) He looks airbrushed. He's he's so beautiful. (laughs) (laughs) this is exactly what i was talking about i was just like man like this is i think i think he was nominated for this i think this is like the only movie that he'll probably ever be nominated for because he's too busy making mi7 and 8 or and which is fine honestly those movies should be nominated for um, oscars for sure a few good men directed by rob reiner director of such movies as this is spinal tap and when harry met sally also an acclaimed actor of his own right Mm mm-hmm uh, stars Tom Cruise as Lieutenant Daniel Caffey, Jack Nicholson as Colonel Nathan R. Jessup, Demi Moore as Lieutenant Commander Joanne Galloway, Kevin Bacon as Captain Jack Ross, Kevin Pollock as Lieutenant Sam Weinberg, and a slew of other celebrities that we just will not get to, guys. I know, Cuba Gooding Jr. is in this movie. For like a second. Noah Wiley's in this movie. For like a second. Who else famous was in this movie? Someone else famous is in this movie. And I... Kiefer Sutherland. Kiefer Sutherland is in this movie. Also, I spent half of this movie looking at Downey and being like, where do I know this guy from? Twin Peaks. Mm -hmm. Mm-hmm. It hit me right in the middle. And I was like, (laughs) (laughs) thank God, because I didn't want to look it up. 
but I knew I knew him somewhere. Yeah, Tom Cruise is he's electric in this movie, and it's it's crazy because like obviously Jack Nicholson steals the show, but he's only in it for like four scenes. This was hard. This was really hard on 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 me personally, <laughs> and for me. Wow. Um, I'm actually kind of mad who I picked for my Tom Cruise, but um, oh, should we start with Daniel Caffey? Yeah. It, um, I mean, I think we talked about this a little bit today. This was super, he was super tough to cast because you can't cast someone who is like too experienced. Like you can't cast someone too right. mature. Like he has to be this young, cocky, shoot from the hip kind of guy. Joe, if you ever speak to a client of mine again without my permission, I have you disbarred. Friends? I had authorization. From where? Downey's closest living relative, Jenny Miller, his aunt on his mother's side. Does Aunt Jenny have a barn? We can hold the trial there. I can sew the costumes. Maybe his uncle Goober can be the judge. Yeah, uh, this movie famously written by Aaron Sorkin, directed by Rob Reiner. This was like Aaron Sorkin's first thing. It was based off a play he wrote. He was probably hopped up on cocaine when he did it. I mean, that's a guarantee. His sister, I think, was like in the JAG Corps and like is yeah. based off like I an liked actual... finding out that it was that Deborah, her name is Deborah Sorkin, I think. Yeah. Was the inspiration. And like this case actually kind of happened. And mm-hmm. it, the real story is like kind of bananas. Yeah. Like, um, but yeah, Tom Cruise is just so charming, but also intense and. Mm-hmm. It's not something I think I've really seen him do since because he, he, he's an action star now. You know what I mean? Like he's, yeah. he's Tom Cruise. I don't know. He's so not like an, an actor's actor. Yeah. And but to, he was at one point. To piggyback on what you were saying, it's like, yeah, there were a bunch of actors that have sort of aged out of this part. Mm-hmm. And there's a bunch of actors who in like five years will be coming into this part. Right. And who's living in it now? I, I really struggled to find people I liked. Mm-hmm. for this role. So with that said, I'll tell you who I picked and it's going to be controversial and I'm going to say this person's name and you're going to hate it and I hate him too. What? I picked Miles Teller. Oh uh, yeah, I don't like him. But I think he has everything that Daniel Caffey needs. But you said, uh, who's in this Top Gun remake? <laughs> you know, I thought about that afterwards. I was like, is it a little, uh, is it, I, like, I picked him and then I was like, wait, he's in Top Gun. And I think he plays Tom Cruise's son or someone's I playing Tom so. Cruise's son. And I was like, is that cheating? And I was like, well, wait, you know what? doesn't he play Goose's son? Oh, yeah. He plays Goose's son. It doesn't matter. Like I was thinking about like the connection and I was like, it doesn't matter. Miles Teller has the arrogance mm-hmm. to play like the young Eric. Yeah, I said arrogant. But like he is a good actor. Whether or not he's a good person, obviously he's kind of a douche. But I couldn't think of anyone better. Like I went back and I I watched clips of a lot of other young actors around his age Mm -hmm. and they just didn't strike me as much as like the clips of Miles Teller in like Whiplash, War Dogs. I think he could naturally play this character of someone – I think uh, Galloway's character says it best when she's trying to like cut into him and like challenge him to be better than he is and Mm -hmm. it's like you're basically doing everything you think your dad would do. Why are you so afraid to be Look. a lawyer? Were daddy's expectations really that high? Oh, please, spare me the psychobabble father bullshit. Dawson and Downey will have their day in court, but they'll have it with another lawyer. Another lawyer won't be good enough. They need you. 
You know how to win. You know they have a case. And you know how to win. If you walk away from this now, you've sealed their fate. So that's who I went with. Am I happy about it? Not exactly. I'm happy because I think he has the acting prowess to deliver on the movie that I really love. Mm -hmm. But I said, screw it. Why not? Okay. Well, comparatively, the person I picked is a gem. (laughs) For sure. I literally, on my way to work this morning, had a thought where I was like, oh, man, I know who I'm going to pick. And I went to look them up and he was 36 years old, literally. I was like, what the heck? But I had to just let that go because I know that I picked a – a few really great actors who I think anything any of them could have done it. But I picked for my Caffey Jack Rayner. Yeah. And the reason I think I landed on him is because he definitely could do the young hotshot role. But at the same time, the final court scene comes, the final breakdown happens, and you can easily see him doing his, I mean, he wouldn't do the Tom Cruise of it all, but I think he would put his own spin on it. That would be really fantastic. I love Jack Rayner. I think both of us have picked him yeah. on this I, pod. Yeah, I think so. So I really tried not to pick people that I had picked before, but like he's so talented. I don't understand why he's not in more stuff. Like why is Yeah, he, I don't understand why he's not like super famous. Why isn't he in our face every summer? Why, like, he was in a Transformer movie and we all just forgot about him. Yeah. But he is so talented and yeah. so Irish. Um, <laughs> Like, he's he's really good and he's he's captivating when he's on screen. Like, you just watch this guy. Yeah. So I love that pick. In a perfect world, this remake would have happened five years ago. Yeah. And it would have been, like, Oscar Isaac and fucking Sebastian Stan. You I know what really I mean? wanted Sebastian <laughs> Stan to be right. I wanted him to be right for this. Um, or like Chris Evans or like Tom Hiddleston or like there's just – we like I feel like we missed a window. Mm-hmm. But I love Jack Rayner and you're right. Comparatively, I would much rather hang out with Jack Rayner <laughs> for fucking – I would I would rather be chained to Jack Rayner for the rest of my life than okay. spend like five minutes with Miles Teller. It's a weird box you just sort of put the two of them in, but that's okay. Um, for some reason, I wrote a note by this character that says he's driving drunk. What could that mean? <laughs> oh, I think after Joanne and Daniel get drinks, like they go to a crab shack, they go on the date to the crab shack. He's driving drunk. Oh, oh! Is it at the end when he's drunk and he like has a full meltdown because Joanne lost the case for and them? And she walks away, and he yeah. they go to yeah. Why isn't Sam just driving? After falsely accusing a highly decorated Marine officer of conspiracy and perjury, Lieutenant Kathy will have a long and prosperous career teaching typewriter maintenance at the Rocco Colombo School for Women. Thank you for playing. Should we or should we not follow the advice of the galactically stupid? Sam's got a kid. He's got to go home. Because he's definitely drunk, but he's with him. It's also early 90s. I mean, early 90s are pretty much a shade of the late 80s. People were driving drunk all the time. Wow. I'm not wrong. (laughs) Just look at the drunk driving statistics. (laughs) Guys, take a minute. Pull out your phone. Look, Look up, up the drunk, drunk driving, driving statistics <laughs> of the of the early nineties. Um, I mean, Clinton had just got to office. No, um, yeah, okay. So, what's happening? I'm just trying to suss out the vibe of this podcast right now. Like, are we having fun here, or is this like, <laughs> or 
Or because I said Miles Teller, we're all like, wah, wah. It, this is hard. This is like a hard movie to recast because. It is hard. I had more trouble with this than I have in a long time doing anything on this podcast. All right. Well, we got to keep going to Colonel Nathan R. Jessup, played by the Jack Nicholson, who delivers, I think it's rated the 23rd most quoted, quotable oh, movie line. The line. I always thought he won the Oscar for this movie. Mm. Like he he's so good in it. Yeah. And it's hard because he's like terrifying. But the thing about a lot of Sorkin stuff is like every character no matter if they're the hero or the villain, there's a thread of humor through them. Mhm. What did you think? What did you pick? Who'd you pick? Um this was super tough. Honestly because I found an actor that I was like this guy's it. It's got to be uh-huh. him. And then I really thought about it. And I made a a weirder choice. Okay. And I think it's because I've never seen this person play a villain type. And I would be very interested to see – because what's interesting about this character is that he is a villain in the sense that he is ultimately the reason why Santiago dies. Mm-hmm. But at the same time, this whole thing is shrouded just in like the – structure of the military and how like he's just doing what he thinks is right because he's a marine and guys at the end give me just like five minutes to talk about toxic masculinity at the end just five minutes okay so anyway i just i i this person has definitely played someone who has that sort of like military structure in his life and so i'd be really interested to see him play someone who leans on the darker side of that as opposed to the more like heroic side of that and so I picked Will Smith. What? What happened? <laughs> um I okay. mean, here's the thing. You're you're taken aback. For sure. I'm but, you're talking about summertime Will Smith here, the fresh prince himself. However, but he is an Academy Award winning actor. Think about it. We have seen him like scrape the surface of this kind of part, and I think he absolutely has the depth to do it. I just don't think it's ever like come around to that point. I you know what is funny is I would watch him do this. Mm-hmm. And I think you're right, like he's never been given the opportunity to play that sort of shade of villainy because we know him as Will Smith. Like he say he Will Smith has saved the world more times than anyone. Yeah. So you know what? Wow. So, <laughs> I think more than any character you've ever cast on any podcast, I am more floored by this choice. Really? And I think like he definitely has the depth to command a performance like the one Jack Nicholson gives, mm-hmm. especially in the courtroom scene with him. I don't know if he can play the shade of like like when they're having lunch mm-hmm. and he starts talking about how Joanne is Daniel's superior officer. Like yeah. that kind of boys club kind of vibe like you're talking about toxic masculinity. But like that would be interesting to see. Mm-hmm. I like it. I kept sort of imagining him doing the – when he gets up to leave and he, like, asks him about the transfer order and he's like, well, yeah, if you ask me nicely. You have to ask me nicely. I beg your pardon? You have to ask me nicely. You see, Danny, I can deal with the bullets and the bombs and the blood. I don't want money and I don't want medals. What I do want 
is for you to stand there in that faggoty white uniform and with your Harvard mouth extend me some fucking courtesy. Cutting him down in that sort of way because he's angry, but he knows he can't be outright angry. I was like, man, I just want to I want to see Will Smith do that because I've just never seen it. Oh, my God. I now <laughs> what I now want to kind of supercut a scene of the. I want the truth. You can't handle the truth. And then Will Smith from Concussion being like, tell the truth. Tell the truth. <laughs> Someone out there, please do this and send it to us. Um, okay. Oh, man. Wow. Okay. Well, what do you got? <laughs> uh, well, if your pick is the most stunning pick of all time, my pick is probably the most like, yeah, obviously pick of all time. Um, I originally wanted a different actor and then because I thought it would be great to see him in it, but he's just too old. Hmm. I don't know anything about like the military. I don't know if there's like a, a, a limit. An age how limit old, on the military. Um, well, how old you can like serve in the military, especially on like active duty. Like, mm-hmm. So I swapped this actor out last minute for an actor who everybody knows now. The destroyer of half the universe, I picked Josh Brolin. That was who I picked initially. Oh, really? Yeah. And then I made a bolder choice. That's true. So, yeah, is it obvious? Absolutely. But the thing about Jessup, and I think this is why Nicholson's casting is so important, is that, like, he's the scariest person you'll ever meet in your life. You know, like, Mm -hmm. even when they're having lunch, he's just so intimidating. And then in the private moments with his own men... There's something almost psychotic about him yeah. that you fear. But again, like this is this movie so well written that it's like he, he he's not wrong. He has a, he has a very clear point of view of why mm-hmm. things need to be the way they are. Maybe we as officers have a responsibility to this country to see that the men and women charged with its security are trained professionals. Yes, I'm certain that I read that somewhere once. And now I'm thinking, Colonel Morganson, that your suggestion of transferring Santiago, while expeditious and certainly painless, might not be, in a manner of speaking, the American way. Santiago stays where he is. And I went with Josh Brolin because he is an intimidating force Mm -hmm. in a lot of his movies. And I think when put up, when you have a young actor having to kind of stand their ground against him, right. it would be really hard. And that's true. I mean, that's part of, I think, the dynamic that you have to have is someone who is just a very accomplished as an actor versus someone who is talented but untested. Yeah. Because I think it lends itself to the characters really well, just in that, like, obviously they're going to be intimidated by the scene itself. So, Yeah. That's it. I feel like this movie, like, as we talk about it, it sounds humorless, but it is a very funny movie as well. Like, there is a – even, like, Jessup has moments of comedy. Like, I don't know. I feel like we're, like, we're getting getting very focused on just, like, the seriousness of the performance of these actors, which are incredible. But should we move on to the comedic stylings of Lieutenant Commander (laughs) Joanne Galloway, played by Demi Moore? Yes. Who I read in the trivia that, like, she lowered her negotiating salary because, like, she had done a bunch of stinkers. Yeah, that bothered me a lot. Why? Um, Because she essentially lowered her price so that they would, like, take her. 
Because she was, it was competitive. They wanted Jodie Foster. They wanted Linda Hamilton. They wanted Michelle Pfeiffer. Yeah. And she, she lowered her worth. Yeah, but like. To be like, I'm, I'm proficient and I want to do this. Because she hadn't done a lot of, she hadn't had a lot of winners. Yeah. Yeah. It just kind of bugged me. I mean. I don't think that's a statement about her as a woman. I think that's a statement about her about making poor choices. Like you don't think don't Michael think Fassbender is running out there and be like, please. I will lower my price. Just get me out. I don't think he added. is. Really? I don't think he is. Oh. And I don't I don't like blame her for that, but I think I don't think it was necessary. Well, I think it was. It made me kind of mad. I think, well, I Okay. I she see deserved your point. she deserved three million dollars. Tom Cruise probably got like ten million, but that's a whole other thing. I'm I'm sure she made it all back. And she lives in yeah. forever in this in this film. <laughs> think about it. She lives forever. She'll always forever be in this film. Um, I picked one actress in my head as soon as she popped in. I was surprised I had never picked her before. Oh, and wow. I was just like, that's her. That's who I'm going to go with. I just thought of Jennifer Lawrence as being mm. sort of in a similar position. and just come, Interesting. Come. And the thing about Joanne, which I really liked, is she's the first character we, we meet, right? Mm-hmm. She's not necessarily the hero of the story. But she's the moral champion of the story. She's the one who believes more than anyone that Dawson and Downey did not murder Santiago. Uh, Like, it's not their fault. Right. And when she's, like, practicing her speech to kind of, like, petition her, her bosses to be assigned the job, you see her stumble through it. And I love that character moment of, like, she's the moral hero, but she's not as experienced uh, like she, she has a flaw that needs to be supported by by Kathy. Sir, I'd like to have them moved up to Washington and assigned counsel, someone who can really look into this, someone who possesses not only the legal skill but a familiarity with the inner workings of the military. In short, Captain, I'd like to suggest that I be the one who that uh, that it be me uh, who is assigned to represent them myself. That's kind of Jennifer Lawrence in a nutshell. Like she's. <laughs> She's so talented, mm-hmm. but she's also kind of like clumsy. And there's also like there's there's flaws in her game in, in a lot of ways. Like she's she's not a typical actress. And I was like, oh, I kind of like that. I mean, a lot of that is like planned. Like she's her persona has been created, which is fine. I mean, she sort of paved the way for herself yeah. to become a movie star. But yeah, no, I definitely think she would be top of the list for the remake of this movie. I don't think I would pick her. <laughs> <laughs> but she would be top of the list. They would – I mean she's in, in such a position that like she's made for this movie at this yeah. point. I feel like m- my pick for Kathy, Miles Teller, would have to lower his salary for the competing <laughs> other actors. So in a weird twist of fate, right. in my version, Jennifer Lawrence is getting all of the money. Right. And she Miles, should give yeah. some of that back to Demi Moore. <laughs> <laughs> Don't worry. I'm sure Charlie's Angels 2 full throttle made it all back. Um, who'd you pick? Well, here's my thing about Galloway. I thought that there were many moments where Demi's performance did not always reach her eyes. Mm-hmm. And I kept telling myself that I thought it was on purpose. I don't know what that always was. I've never heard that term. Um, your performance doesn't reach your eyes. Did you just make that up? I don't think so. <laughs> Are you a genius? (laughs) Well, yes, obviously. But yeah, there were just so many moments where I was like, I mean, I guess it's a way to play the character is like she can never betray her passion with how she acts. 
cracks. Mm -hmm. Like it always has to live below the surface because she's just trying not to offend. But I don't know. That might be a way to interpret it that makes it seem more positive. But there there were times where I was like, where it just seemed more natural. So anyway, I picked someone who I've picked before. But I and there were other options that I haven't picked. But I was like, I love this actress for this because I think she is. Okay, the scene that I feel like is pivotal to choosing both Caffey and Galloway is when he goes to meet her in her office for the first time. And her reaction to meeting him is, so you're the guy that they chose because they didn't want me to be the trial lawyer. Mm -hmm. And she's offended because she's like, great, clearly they take me seriously if this is what we get. Have I done something wrong? No. It's just that when I petitioned division to have counsel assigned, I was hoping I would be taken seriously. No offense taken, in case you were wondering. Have you ever been in a courtroom? I once had my driver's license suspended. Danny. Commander, from what I understand, if this thing goes to court, they won't need a lawyer. They'll need a priest. No, they'll need a lawyer. And his response is just very much like, well, yeah, I don't know if you know about me, but I'm very important. <laughs> and so I think that dynamic just needs to be something that is inherent in both these people. And the person that I see is someone who is just like fighting for the opportunity that she's earned is Sonequa Martin-Green. And sure, I've been catching up on Star Trek Discovery, so she's very much mm. just in my brain. But I think she is the best choice to play the sort of like straight-laced like military woman who is just very much – she's committed to her job. I just – I see her as the passionate lawyer who is who is passionate about being in the JAG Corps, whereas Kathy's just like, I just want to get out of here. Yeah, I first of all, that actress is terrific. Mm -hmm. I am not caught up on Discovery, so no spoilers, please. Everybody dies. Uh, <laughs> Josh Brolin shows up and snaps them out. Blanket of spoiler. <laughs> By episode three, everyone's dead. Um, I wanted to ask you, what did you think about the weird, subtle love story between the two characters, between Kathy and Galloway. Like it's I, almost unnecessary, right? I don't think like, I don't think it is a love story. Like I believe her when she asks him to go to dinner and he's like, You're asking me in on a date. Like they're 15 years old. I believe her that she's like, no. Like she feels weird about it, but she's like, not really. Mm -hmm. I believe that. Like, I don't think there is, like, undeniable underlying chemistry happening. I, maybe you're right. Like, I've seen this movie thousands of times. And I always kind of, wow. like, <clears throat> I've always kind of thought that that was, like, what they were hinting at. But now mm -hmm. that I'm now that we're talking about it, after having just watched it, the scene where they actually go on the date, they just talk about their careers. Yeah. And I think it's more, maybe you're right. Like, it's just more like she, she wants to go to dinner because she wants to pick his brain about how to be a good lawyer. Like, yeah. And she is, they paint her as this kind of person who doesn't have a personal life. It feels like she's asking him out on a date, but at the same time, she's just like, well, how else do you make friends? Why are you always giving me your resume? Because I want you to think I'm a good lawyer. I do. No, you don't. I think you're an exceptional lawyer. I watch the court members. They respond to you. They like you. I see you convincing them, and I think Dawson and Downey are going to end up owing their lives to you. I think that's a great pick. Should we move on to Captain Jack Ross, played by the Kevin Bacon, who we talked about a couple weeks ago yeah. on Tremors? This is a, there's a lot of bacon. Bacon, bacon, bacon. This was the hardest character for me to 
cast. It's not okay. my turn, but I wanted <laughs> you to know that. Okay. <laughs> Thank you. Thank you for that. Um, okay. This was a really tough one, too, because I think what really messed me up about this was Kathy and Ross's relationship. Uh-huh. And that they are very much peers, um, but they're not. They're they're not true enemies. Like, basically, they're actually right. friends. Yeah. One of the subtle things that I enjoyed about this movie is that, like, Kathy's obsessed with baseball. Softball. Softball <laughs> and baseball because he, he listens to baseball games, you know. Right. But there's a scene where Ross – Kathy has to deliver him information and Ross is playing basketball. Again, the same thing with Kathy. There were so many people that I was like, I mean, I guess, but they don't feel right. Yeah. And even so, I feel like I picked a really obvious person for this. But I also think that they would be maybe the best choice. Uh, uh, I picked Glenn Powell. Oh, I I thought about him briefly for Kathy. Mm-hmm. But he's so affable. You know what I mean? Like I, I, you I don't only... think Kev- Kevy Bakes is affable? Not in this. Well, kind of. Like, Glenn Powell, who's also in the Top Gun yeah. sequel. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Um, I just couldn't get set it up out of my head. Like, I couldn't uh-huh. get out the... But he's... I, I like I like Glenn Powell. I want to see more of Glenn Powell. Yeah. Me too. Um, um, yeah. I mean, I absolutely think he has the sort of, like, military discipline. I mean, Kevin Bacon has great posture. I think that's what makes him perfect for military movies. He's great posture. <laughs> Um, I think Glenn Powell could sort of stand up. I can see him being the person that like out of court, obviously you're like, we're buds. But yeah. like when it comes to talking about the trial, he's also proficient at his job. And so he does his best, but ultimately his best isn't good enough. So, yeah, I like Glenn Powell. I think I'm caught up on like Kevin Bacon is so relentless with Kathy in the courtroom mm-hmm. that that's kind of what I was kept thinking. Like. Outside the courtroom, Ross, in a way, is like actively trying to help Kathy. Before you go getting yourself into trouble tomorrow, I think you should know. The platoon commander, Lieutenant Jonathan Kendrick, held a meeting with the men and specifically told them not to touch Santiago. We still playing hoops tomorrow night? We have a deal. I'll talk to you when I get back. And I had the hardest time trying to find someone. And like I and the other thing is, is I kept having this gut feeling that Kevin Bacon probably auditioned to play Kathy mm-hmm. and it like mm-hmm. went to Tom Cruise. So they were like, wait, 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 don't go anywhere, Kevin. We want you to play Ross. And he was like, cool. At least I get to be in the movie. Like, <laughs> so I kept thinking about like, who's another guy who could like be just sort of, you know, p- play this role. And I was just like, wait a minute, Ross doesn't have to be a guy. And as, as soon as I thought Whoa. that, as soon as I thought that I was like, Oh, Tessa Thompson. And because yeah. I, she, and who I weirdly have never picked on this show before. Oh, Interesting. So this is the second person I picked that I was just like, how did I not how did I not pick these people? They're like huge movie stars now. Yeah. So I went with Tessa Thompson because she that's what I liked about Ross is like they're friends, not even friends, but just like they're peers outside. And then in the court, it's like, I'm gonna come for you. Mm-hmm. I'm gonna come for your clients. And I'm going to make you look stupid, Joanne, when you forget to tell your client that he wasn't there when the order was given. Like, yeah. Yeah, that's who I picked, and I like it. No, I think that's a great choice. I think she's a super strong actor, and now is her time. The world is hers. She just needs to take it. She's got franchises. Mm-hmm. She's got a hot girlfriend. I don't know if they're still dating. But oh, who is she dating? Janelle Monet. Oh, that's right. For like a second, right? Oh, are they not together I anymore? I don't know. That's a good question. <laughs> that's a good question. Um, yeah. um, Should we move on to the last 
The last of the last. Lieutenant Sam Weinberg, played by Kevin Pollack, who we just talked about also recently in Willow. Yeah, he's so versatile. Um, I love Kevin Pollack. I wish he was younger so I could recast him as himself in this role. Yeah. I had a little bit of a tough time picking an actor for this because Sam is – like every character in this movie, very well positioned with a point of view. Mm-hmm. He believes that these kids made a mistake, but because of that mistake, like they should still go to jail. Yeah. And so in that way, he can he's also has like this really Aaron Sorkin-y kind of political way of thinking. But then there's like the softer moments where he like is wheeling his baby girl around. He's like, I don't forget when Sally gets back, you're my witness. The baby spoke. My daughter said a word. Okay. You heard her. The girl sat here, pointed, and said, Pa. She did. She was pointing at a mailbox, Sam. That's right. Pointing as if to say, Pa, look. A mailbox. I ended up picking Josh Gad. Okay. Who I thought, who does more a slew of comedies. Right. And it took me a while to find a few of his dramas. Unfortunately, Murder on the Orange <laughs> Express was one of them. But I think... Uh, I think he could play that kind of seriousness and as well as like the affable sidekick, I guess, to Kathy. That's really interesting because I think I I don't know why every time I've been like, oh, this was the hardest role to cast because they were all just super difficult. Yeah. Like it's really hard to pinpoint the right people in our generation for this because it feels like we haven't quite seen them yet. And even with this as an actor who – should be like a little bit older, a little bit wiser, a little bit more has a little bit more experience to pull from. Yeah, it was tough to like pinpoint the the slight comedic elements with just the general sort of like I don't know, he's just like he's a sidekick. He's an encouraging friend. Also, thank God that Jason Alexander wasn't available. <laughs> I know. For Kevin Pollack. I know. Um, Because he works. Um, So I actually picked two actors and I'm going to make my decision. What? Right Right now? now? Yeah, it was really tough. It was really tough. Okay. I know who I'm picking. Um, Okay. So I'm going to pick Allison Tolman as my Weinberg. You might know Allison from um, the most recent episode of The Twilight Zone. (laughs) I don't know if anybody's watching The Twilight Zone. It's on CBS All Access. She's on Fargo, the TV Um, show. Fargo, the TV show. She had that show that she started in where she talked to her dog. Or no, she didn't talk to her dog. Her dog talked, but she didn't hear it. Anyway, she was on (laughs) Castle Rock a little bit. Oh, yeah. Um, yeah, yeah. Downward Dog was what it was called. The Sister Brothers, The Gift, Prison Break, Krampus. Krampus. The House. She's done like the Mindy Project. Mm -hmm. She's done Brooklyn Mm Nine-Nine. She's done – she's done a lot. And she's funny and she is interesting and I always enjoy her when she pops up. And so I liked the idea of her being the – encouraging side presence who is also just like reliable because i think Mm -hmm. that's what we come to see sam as is when they're like having these sort of brainstorming sessions when they're prepping um you sort of need him to be the person to pop up and be like don't forget this and i i liked her being the sort of all reliable i'm just wondering now that joanne's on this you know i'm just wondering if you still need me i need you You're better at research than I am, and you know how to prepare a witness. 
I've got medical reports and Chinese food. I say we eat first. What? Did you get any Kung Pao chicken? I like this pick. I'm curious who else you're going to pick, but I the think audience, I made the right choice. The audience will never hear it. It's going to be a mystery. Um, Forever. Yeah, she is great. And I can't believe Castle Rock got her. I feel like they, they were like, do you want to do this weird show for like right. a day? As just like the sister of a yeah. main character. Yeah. Yeah. But yeah. yeah, she's really funny. And her, I haven't finished her season of Fargo, but. Uh, there's just too much TV, guys. There's way too much TV. You just can't pressure yourself with all the TV know, that's but out she's, there. But she's she's so good. She's really good. I like this pick. I like these picks. We did it. Ugh, it was tough. Who did I just sound like right there? What? Jerry Seinfeld. We like these picks. <laughs> we like them. Or else we wouldn't have picked them. I don't know why I'm doing this. You kept going. All right, guys. I cannot wait to talk about Barry Pepper real quick. So where does Barry Pepper go? Barry Pepper belongs in the 1992 yes. version. Of Where this does movie. he go? The answer is in any role he wants in this right? movie. Pick a role in he this movie. He lives in this movie. And he could he yeah. could do it. Do you want him to play Christopher Guest doctor? He could nail it. Do you want him to be any of the Marines we see? He can do it. Yeah. Do you want him to be Kiefer Sutherland? Do you want to, who, whatever. He could be Joanne Galloway. And I'd be like, yes. No. Yes. <laughs> no. All right. Uh, who, where'd you put him? Um, I made him Markinson. Me too. Okay. Yeah. <laughs> you know why? Because we didn't cast a Markinson. No. But he's so – and I, I was a little sad because reading through the trivia, there's a part where they talk about how um, – I think it's Rob Reiner who says he's just so in love with how subtle his performance is. And it seemed like everybody on this movie was very much like Kevin Bacon being like, I'm just trying to like match Tom Cruise's energy and Tom Cruise being like, well, I'm just trying to like do as good as I saw Kevin Bacon doing or like Kiefer Sutherland yeah. doing that with Jack. Like You're talking every- about JT Walsh who played Markinson? Yes. Like everybody's sort of being like, we're just in the room with the best of the best of the best, sir. Do you remember that part from Men yeah. Black? Uh, <laughs> and just knowing that and appreciating that and pushing themselves to a higher standard. Yeah. What do you know? I know everything. Was it a code red? Yes. Did Kendrick give the order? Yes. Did you witness it? I didn't need to. Did you witness it? No. And how do you know? I know. Yeah, you know shit. He was never going to be transferred off that base. Oh, JT Walsh is in Pleasantville. I was just looking him up because he is, like, so good. Um, I really like Pleasantville. But I don't know if that opinion stands up because it has been many years since I've seen that movie. Yeah, I don't have any notes on this movie. I just wrote down that it's perfect. Oh, Mm. I like. So why don't you tell me about? Well, we let's talk about some toxic masculinity. Um. Okay. So I feel like we have to start with. There's a piece of trivia that talks about an interview Aaron Sorkin gave, where he said that an unnamed executive gave him the note of, if Tom Cruise and Demi Moore aren't going to sleep together, why is Demi Moore a woman? And Aaron Sorkin said. I said that the obvious answer was women have purposes other than to sleep with Tom Cruise, which I love the notion that he pointed him out specifically. And I was like, I'm so glad that as a writer, he didn't lean into that Mm -hmm. because there's so much else going – like all of that stuff can just be inferred. All of this business about her being a woman and them choosing a younger man, a less experienced man to like lead as the trial attorney, like all of that 
it's all very much inferred that like it's a it's an issue. And so the levels with which we address the toxic masculinity in the military <laughs> is just mind blowing because obviously the whole idea of a code red is just like what's the what's the code they say it's like god unit core god country i beg your pardon unit core god country sir it's a code, code. <laughs> and just the whole idea that like it's so important that people know that there's nothing more important than like protecting your men. Like it, it's it, it it's infuriating. Well, I was with you with the code red stuff, but I think you lost me with the code stuff. Like the code, I think, is there to like safeguard the people next to you who you rely on to keep you safe. Like, if there are any military vets out there listening, chime in, please. Like, let us know. But. The code red stuff, I, I, I'm I with you on where it's like this soldier, man or woman, isn't keeping up. So let's beat the shit out of them. Yeah. Let's not try and find a reason why they're not doing it. Let's just let's just kick it out of them. Right. That I'm on board with. Like, I understand where that comes from, but that's not the, the like, I don't I mean, know. I've never spent a day in the military, so I honestly don't know, like, what's the best technique to get people into shape for – being in military service but that that's the whole reason why this movie even exists is just like they're illegal for a reason it's hazing right in in a more violent way which is a very kind of boyish way to do things like we'll just well if he's not going to do it let's just kick him in the head a couple times and then he'll finally understand like but like which is why people like I mean, it's not the whole reason, but it's, like, why people leave the military so terrible. <laughs> like. Well, I think I think the PTSD like, stems from also, like, active duty. but Right. Like, well, yes. But, like, <laughs> the, and, I mean, the whole. I mean, we could just get into a whole other conversation about Gitmo in general. But, like. No, let's. Let's do it on the boot. <laughs> let's solve Gitmo on the boot. We can't do it. If Obama couldn't, the boot can. <laughs> we can't. And it's so sad, but I just – I feel like the energy that you get from Jessup of just like nobody can do my job but me and you're glad – you better be glad that you have me. Like that – like that just breeds a like arrogance and and a, and a self-importance that like destroys people's psyche. I have a greater responsibility than you can possibly fathom. You weep for Santiago and you curse the Marines. You have that luxury. You have the luxury of not knowing what I know. That Santiago's death, while tragic, probably saved lives. And my existence, while grotesque and incomprehensible to you, saves lives. You don't want the truth because deep down in places you don't talk about at parties. You want me on that wall. You need me on that wall. This whole movie is an indictment of that character, though. Right. So I think that's the whole reason this movie is. Like the last line is like you don't have to wear – what is it? You don't have to wear a badge to have honor or something like that. Like you don't have to have a rank to have honor. Like right. the goodness of people in our military should shine out over any kind of right. order given or morally askew kind of position. Guys, if you're still with us <laughs> – let me just remind you that we aim to be a comedy podcast. We're not doing a very good job. We're not doing a very good job. <laughs> but this movie is great. It's funny as hell. It has probably some of the best acting performances you'll ever see. 
Would you remake this movie? Mm, um, here's the thing. I feel like because it's darted as a stage play, I feel like it just has life. Like you can you can continue to make productions of this and mm-hmm. people will still come to watch it because it's interesting to see new actors do it as a movie. Maybe not. Yeah, I agree. Like I, I would see this movie with so many different combinations of actors on stage. I think as a movie, I think they just got it right in so many ways that I'm just like, all right, I'm fine with it. Uh, All right, guys. Thank you so much for joining us on this episode of The Boot. If you like this episode, please tell your friends. Please rate. Please subscribe. Please check out our past episodes and stay with us next week. Guys, we have a summer of great movies for you. And when I say great, I mean, wow. (laughs) So we have a lot more in store for you. So please... Follow us. Stay with us. Kenna, where can the people find us? You can find us on Apple Podcasts, Stitcher, Podbean, or wherever you get your podcasts. Stop by and leave us a rating and review. It is the best way to help us out. You can also find us on Ko-fi, where you can go to make a very small donation. It's so small. That's why my voice is getting so high to help us keep (laughs) making this podcast. That link is in our description. And it's also on Twitter. Speaking of Twitter, you can find us on social media, at The Boot Podcast on Twitter and at Boot Podcast on Instagram. But if you want to follow us separately... Because Brian can't handle the truth and all the tea we're spilling. I'm at Kenneth Trent and he's at Flint B. All right, guys. We'll see you next time. to die, their families left in ruins, tell the truth, tell the truth. You can't handle the truth!